Welcome to the Read Scripture Podcast. The goal of Read Scripture is to get people alone with God in His Word. For more information, visit readscripture.org. As we continue reading through the entire Bible in a year, this week we come to the book of Deuteronomy. And I just want to start with Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Reason being is when Jesus was asked in Matthew 22, what is the greatest commandment? Remember the Pharisees were asking him, what's the greatest commandment? And they're doing this to test him. Jesus answers and he quotes this verse from the Old Testament. So that's a big deal if Jesus says this is the greatest commandment. We we can't just move past it and go, okay, what what, what else? Let's, Let's learn more new things without constantly going back to this verse and saying, this is it. This is the priority. Everything else has to stop if I'm not doing this. This is, this is the, the, the command from which everything else we do and all that we believe flows from. It's Deuteronomy 6, when he says, starting in verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your might. This is the greatest commandment is love, to to love God. And and that's that's really what this podcast is all about. It's not a sermon. It's not just, you know, hey, here's someone else teaching you about God. It's, it's, It's me begging you, please, please get alone with him. Get alone with the word of God because you want to learn about this person that you love. Get away from everything else so it's just you and him because he's your first love and because this is the greatest command. It's to love him. I, I know we can all, we've all been in churches that, that overemphasize things. And I'm not saying that it's, it's bad motives or whatever else, but we can get distracted from the biggest thing, which Jesus said, which God says here, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. There's an intensity to this. That's why it's not, hey, just wake up and do some Bible reading. It's like, no, get up and love him with all of your heart. I hear people say, well, I don't really get anything out of this time, or I don't feel close to him, or this or that. And I go, well, you're going to find him, Jeremiah says, when you search for him with all of your heart. In Hebrews 11.6, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God, and anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You have to believe that if you go after him with all of your heart and you earnestly seek him, that it's going to be worth it. You're going to be rewarded for it. There's nothing greater than loving him. But it's not just saying, I have these feelings for him. I'm so grateful for this or that. But he says very clearly, because he wants you to love him with all of your heart, all your soul, all your might. Are you earnestly pursuing him? 
Are you seeking him with all of your heart? Because that's when you're going to find him. That's when these times come alive when you're in the scriptures. See, see, the whole book of Deuteronomy is, is God wanting this group of people that just loved him. That really loved him and believed him and understood who they were talking to. And understood what he had done for them. For them to live differently and gratefully loving his commands and just loving being under his authority. But you see over and over again, really, you know, these verse, these chapters that we read really show off God's faithfulness and yet man's unfaithfulness. And it's all an example so that we go, wait, I don't want to be like that. God doesn't want me to be like that. But here we see God faithfully loving his people and God showing over and over, look, I tested you here, I tested you here, and you kept failing, failing, failing. You were showing me that you didn't really love me. And yet look at my actions. Look at how I've been faithful to you. In Deuteronomy 1, starting in verse 30, he says, The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet in spite of this word, you did not believe the Lord your God. He says, look, remember what God did for you. Remember how he drove the people out. And he promises, look, I'm going to do that for you again. And he says, remember, like in the wilderness, you saw how he carried you. And he got you to this place. You should never have survived. You should never have gotten to this point. But God carried you. And even after all of that, he says, you didn't believe him. In chapter 2, verse 7, again, showing God's faithfulness. He says, the Lord, your God, has blessed you in all the work of your hands. He knows you're going through this great wilderness. These 40 years, the Lord, your God, has been with you. You have lacked nothing. In verse 25, this day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you on the peoples who are under the whole heaven. You shall hear the report, they shall hear the, who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. God's saying, look, you were lacking nothing in the wilderness. I mean, we're in the wilderness and I fed you and found you something to drink, got you water. And he goes, and now I'm going to lead you again. And I'm, I'm going to get your enemies out, out before you. In chapter 3, um, this, this was, uh, was kind of tough to hear. Um, it's, it's about Moses. And even Moses, uh, you know, we've we got to remember, there's going to be times when you read things in Scripture, and it's just going to grate against the way you naturally feel or think um, because of the way we're conditioned, the way, the way we're taught because of our culture. Um, in Deuteronomy 3, when he's talking to Moses, um, Moses says, I pleaded with the Lord at that time saying, Oh Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? Please let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that good hill country in Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me because of you and would not listen to me. 
And the Lord said to me, Enough from you. Do not speak to me of this matter again. Go up to the top of Pisgah, lift up your eyes westward and northward, southward, eastward. Look at it with your eyes, for you shall not go over this Jordan. I, I don't know. I, I guess I look at Moses and the faithfulness and go, man, he's pleading with God now. He's telling him how great he is. And he's just saying, hey, please, would you just let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan? And God was angry. It says God was angry with Moses. And he says, enough from you. Don't speak to me about this matter anymore. And I don't know, you know, we're just so conditioned to, to think of God as, oh, he'll always give me another chance. He'll always, he'll always, he'll always. And, and we don't realize, no, when he threatens things, when he says things, he means those also, even with Moses. But, but you know, when you look at God's commands in chapter 4, this, uh, this struck me again. I loved it. Because again, this is not how we normally think. Like, God talks about his commands. And, well, let me just read it. Chapter 4, verse 6. Keep them and do them. For that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who when they hear all these statutes will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Okay, what, what strikes me here is the word the commands. He wanted a group of people that so followed his commands so that God would bless this group of people. God, look at them. They obey these commands and look at how God has blessed them. That was his desire, was, was that the obedience would show such a wisdom to where people would look on and go, wow, those really are the commands of God. Because look at the way those people are obeying those commands and look at how God's blessed them. Man, what God is there that has rules so righteous as this God? See, we live in a time where this is why people don't want to follow God is because the commands, we see them as a bad thing. We see them as restricting. And God's saying, if I could just find a group of people who would actually believe in my commands and follow them so that I could bless them like crazy and show them, look, there's a joy in following my commands. There's an order in following my commands. But because the church has gotten so into other things, distracted by other things, other than really loving him. And like Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command, that love and obedience go hand in hand. And if we would really see that and obey that, there'd be a power about the church, there'd be a blessing upon the church that the people would look on and say, as much as they fight and say, oh, your laws are ridiculous, God's commands are awful, they would have to look at our lifestyle and look at the blessing that God puts on us. 
and say, you know what, those commands are true at some point in their lives to realize, well, what I pursued wasn't working. But again, here's God just saying, look, this is what I want for you. And then in chapter 5, you have the people. There's there's a glimmer of hope here. Um, in chapter 5, in verse 26, um, the people are talking to God and they say, For who is there of all flesh that has heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire as we have and has still lived? Go near and hear all that the Lord our God will say and speak to us all that the Lord our God will speak to you and we will hear and do it. This is this is Moses recounting when the people were, were speaking to him like, go up the mountain and talk to this God and tell us what he says. We're ready to do it. And it says, and the Lord heard your words when you spoke to me. And the Lord said to me, I've heard the words of this people, which they have spoken to you. They are right in all that they have spoken. Oh, that they had such a heart as this always, to fear me and to keep all my commandments, that it might go well with them and with their descendants forever. God hears these people who for once are saying, Moses, go up the mountain, get the law. We want to know the law. We want to know what God wants us to do. We know we're not living the way we're supposed to. So find out how he wants us to live. And we're just going to do whatever he says. I don't care if we like it or not. We just want to obey him. Just give us his commands. And God hears that. And he says, ah, that's music to my ears. That's what I wanted. And then he says, oh, that they had such a heart as this always to fear me, to keep all my commandments, that it might go well with them and with their descendants forever. This is God's desire. He goes, I want to bless them. And right now they're in that position of blessing. They actually want my word. And he goes, I wish they could always be like this, always fearing me, always obeying me so that I could bless them, so that it would go well with them and with their descendants forever. In chapter 7, um, he reminds the people of why he chose them. And I, in verse 6, he says, you, you are a people, holy to the Lord. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who were on the face of the earth, it was not because you were more in number than any other people. The Lord set his love on you and chose you. For you were the fewest of all peoples, but it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers. So, so he says, look, don't ever think that God looked on the earth and said, man, where, where's an awesome nation? Where's just a great, great nation? And he saw you guys, and because of your success, because of your numbers, he went after you. He goes, no, that has nothing to do with it. You weren't a great nation. You were a tiny nation. You were the fewest of all peoples. He goes, but he chose you because he loves you. So don't think it has anything to do with your success. I mean, he also says that uh, a similar thing in chapter 9. He, he says uh, in verse 4, Don't say in your heart after the Lord has thrust them out before you, it is because of my righteousness that the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. Whereas it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. Not because of your righteousness, 
or the uprightness of your heart are you going in to possess their land, but because the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God is driving them out before you. He says, okay, and don't think for a moment, as, as God drives these people out of this land and gives it to you, don't think, oh, it's because he looked at us and he saw how righteous we were. Okay, it's not this self-righteous God chose you because he saw your heart and how beautiful it was. He's telling these people, no, he goes, the people in the land are so wicked and God had to get them out. And so he just chose you. But don't think that it's because of you had such a pure heart. And he goes on and reminds them of, of the last time. I remember when you when I went up to the mountain and you guys were down there creating this golden calf. God was ready to destroy you. Okay, so don't get self-righteous like, oh, man, I was so good that God chose me. He says, no, it's because they were so wicked. God had to get them out, and so he, ch and he chose you. Okay, it's not your righteousness. It was their wickedness. But, but with all this, we just have to understand, like, God, <clears throat> God's choosing of you. God's choosing of me. We don't ever want to get to the point of, God, you, you made a good choice in me because you saw that I was successful, I was flourishing, or you saw my heart, that there was something pure in me, unlike the other people in the world. No, you just don't want to get to that arrogance. You just say, no, God, it's just because you love me. And I don't know why. I was full of sin. I was full of arrogance. And I wasn't successful. But you picked me up. You you used me. I mean, that, that was even the thing that he said to... Um, in chapter 8, when he says, uh, and this is an important thing, verse 11, take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. See, you and I, we have these hearts that just have this uh, tendency to move toward arrogance, to move toward us. And God knew that. And so as the people were going to the promised land, he goes, I know what you're going to do. You're going to get successful. And once you're successful, once things multiply, and, and, and once you're comfortable again, because this happens over and over, once you get comfortable, and, and once you've eaten and you're full and you're satisfied, you're going to forget the Lord your God who brought you out of slavery. And I see this happen all of the time when, when, when God, you know, when puts you in a situation where you're desperate, so you cry out for him. But once things get comfortable, you start enjoying all of those pleasures. And suddenly it's not loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. See, while the difficult times, there are people who reject God when it's difficult. God says it's a, it's a greater danger when, when life is comfortable and things are successful. You'll tend to forget me and no longer will you love me with all of your heart, all your soul, all of your strength. And so as you look at your life right now and where you are, man, think about this great command. This is all God has ever wanted.
is a deep, deep love. And let me just close with uh, chapter 10, verse 12, because I love this. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Thank you for listening to the Read Scripture podcast. Read Scripture is a collaboration between the Bible Project and Crazy Love Ministries. For more information on the Bible Project, visit jointhebibleproject.com. For more information on Crazy Love Ministries, visit crazylove.org.